When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to WrestleWolf, brother friends. I'm your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD, and this is an AEW bumper episode because I didn't have time to do all of the little episodes last week, so we're going to do Dynamite and Rampage all in the one episode. Here we go. So, oh, and before I get started, so I've tried a few different little, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, twinges, I've tried a little, you know, I've tinkered with the way that I deliver this to you guys. I think I'm, I'm going to go back to what I was doing initially, um, which is to just, you know, uh, review the, um, sort of recap the, the matches real quick, give it a quick review, and then a star rating. That seems to be, that seems to be what everybody wants the most, so we're going to do that from now on, okay? Cool. Let's begin. Kenny Omega versus Alan Angels. This is an opportunity for Kenny Omega to uh, resurrect his career, as um, some people on Twitter would uh, <laughs> like you to believe. Uh, this is a, this was a, an opportunity for Angels to show what he can do, um, as there's a slow breakout of Dark Order wrestlers starting to happen. Um, or it just, you know, continuing to happen. You know, we see later on in the main event of Rampage, John Silver wrestling. So you're getting to see some of these guys who, um, you know, have kind of been protected by the Dark Order over, over the last year and a half in the sense of, you know, it's, it's a faction doing exactly what it should do. Um, it should protect a group of young, inexperienced people um, and... Uh, help them to, you know, help them get over, usually with one or two experienced people. And obviously, Brody Lee was a part of that for a little bit. Um, and then, um, I mean, Cole Cabana's been there for a long time as well, and also Hangman Page, obviously. So, um, yeah, anyway, the story told here was that Hangman uh, has got into Kenny's head. There's, um, not to take anything away from Angels, but this was really that Kenny is not at the top of his game, still managed to get the win relatively easily, um, but was just not as sharp as he usually is. Uh, you know, there was some uh, elite shenanigans at the end of this match and Hangman came down and just missed a buckshot lariat. Hangman right now is the, the hottest baby face in the world uh, and that's being reflected via the storytelling, um, he's got confidence in himself, in his abilities, and that he can beat Kenny. He finally, th he thinks that he can beat Kenny. And that's been the story the whole time, really, is that it, Hangman, the person who's beating Hangman Page is himself. But it is, I mean, and it's been great storytelling. Uh, 
three stars for this match uh, and 3.5 stars for the promo afterwards. Um, that feels a little harsh in retrospect, maybe. But anyway, 3.5. That's what I wrote down. That's what I'm going with. Uh, Alistair Black essentially calls Cody an emperor. <laughs> and I'm starting to be convinced now that this has all been really good booking <laughs> and I may be proven wrong. But I think they may have swerved most of us. I think this might be a really long Cody storyline. I don't know. I I really don't know. I feel like maybe this little part of it that's involved Alistair Black and and Andrade, it could just be that it's still the same terrible booking, but we now have some decent wrestlers involved in it, so it's a lot easier to watch. Um, But yeah, I I like this promo. Andrade, sorry. Malachi Black. Cuts really good promos. Three stars. What I've noticed with my star rating is that I'm really quite harsh with AEW. I feel like if any of these things happened on a WWE program, they'd automatically get an extra star. (laughs) Which isn't fair, but, you know. CM Punk shouts out John Moxley and challenges Eddie Kingston in a promo. Um... I think all up, this is part of a broader uh, Eddie Kingston storyline that will see him prove himself against the best in the world, uh, Punk and Brian Danielson. Um, you know, later on we get uh, a promo on Rampage where Punk mentions mentions Danielson, and I think you know in relation to Ring of Honor and stuff. And um, I think those guys are going to put Kingston over. Uh, Punk asking the crowd to chant for Mox is just another example of why AEW is great. And in comparison to a promo involving Jericho in a little bit, um, just proves that you can still be a dude. You can still be uh, a masculine. Like there are good forms of masculinity, you know. Um, You can be an alpha and be um, not a dickhead. (laughs) <laughs> you can be a blokey guy or, uh, you know, a man's man um, and be vulnerable. Uh, I, just thought it was, I just thought it was cool. For anyone who doesn't know, John Moxley entered a drug and alcohol uh, rehab uh, center the day before this rampage was, was filmed. Um, me personally, I, I have a problem with alcohol. I would call myself an alcoholic and... Um, for a company to be, yeah, I mean, I don't drink anymore. <laughs> Just point that out. Um, so for a company to be normalizing that behavior, that someone has a drinking problem um, and, uh, you know, they they go and get help and not only do they not, do the company not shy away from that, they were the ones that announced it. Um, obviously, with the blessing of John Moxley, um, they congratulate him on it and uh, slap him on the back for it and uh, as much as we like to congratulate ourselves for being progressive with mental health issues drug and alcohol awareness uh, I I still don't think when it comes to men especially men around me and Moxley's age I mean that's the only way that's the only time that I can compare myself to John Moxley in any way is (laughs) our age Um, but uh I just thought it was great. More normalizing of things that happen to millions and millions of people around the world is important. Um, 
Anyway, uh, Punk is like a wrestling preacher. This promo is leading to a feud um, that everyone wants to see. Um, I'm going to give four and a half stars for this promo. Um, for It was old Punk. It was angry Punk. You know, there was a bit of uh, cunt. And that's the Punk that I love always has a bit of to it you know he always uh when he's being a bit of a prick um that's when he's at his best i i have i've really enjoyed the loving with punk i think that as again it's the you know it's an extension of what i was just talking about then with AEW. it's like well you know everyone knows that punk's been gone for a long time Everyone is ecstatic to see him back, especially in AEW. So let's revel in it for a couple of months. Fuck yeah. You know, he doesn't have to... Why do we have to rush him into a storyline? Why does he have to be in the title picture immediately? He doesn't. That's what the other company would do. And, uh, you know, we you can see from the feedback in regards to those shows that that booking sucks. So, um, yeah. I've had no problems with Punk's booking. And and it also, now that we're getting a feud that everyone is like, oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's only been like six weeks or something. I mean, the impatience of people these days is absolutely phenomenal. Like, and in the same breath, it seems like the same people who are, um, you know, oh, Punk's booking is terrible, are the same people who are lauding AEW for long-term storytelling with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. You can't have it both ways, guys. Um, And also Danielson and Punk, they need to, you know, in AEW, and this goes kayfabe-wise and in real life, they need to earn their stripes. If it was a company where they were, if they came in and were immediately given belts, then every criticism of, you know, bad faith actors, and I am stealing that from what culture, um, from Sidgwick. But he's right. When you've got people who just come, just trolls, who just come on and troll AW like, oh, lol, all ex-WWE wrestlers. If CM Punk and, and Brian Danielson came straight into the company and Adam Cole and, and the three of them were given belts, um, yeah, then their criticisms would be... L- valid and legitimate but they haven't and so it isn't um miro promo fuck man miro's promos are so good dude they really are um he's talking about his god again and how he's still on the roads of the redemption how he's still on a road of redemption towards getting back to his wife this is teasing lana appearing i think she might appear at full gear i think miro might beat brian danielson at full gear uh, I don't know if that's right or not, but I think that might happen. Uh, this is great mirror stuff, just great. You know, like, uh, have you forsaken me, God? Are you afraid of me, God? Like, it's great. And again, you know, it's another it's another piece of evidence that shows that even if AEW don't get things correct, and they don't always get things correct, and that's fine because it's run by human beings, but they will right themselves, you know? Like, the initial... Miro character, which was kind of like a Gucci tracksuit wearing, um, video game playing dude. Now 
and it's also I think it's important for us to to not and I do this just as much as anybody else but to jump down the throat of character decisions and story decisions and stuff because when you look at Miro's arc overall it's kind of really good storytelling again you know he's come from WWE he signs this big deal with AEW he's rich he's comfortable um he's hanging around with um oh god i'm gonna kip sabian and you know just sort of fucking around really you know um and then he kind of you know slowly over time loses respect for kip sabian and um you know he's just not you know he's he loses respect with the fans because he's not winning and he's not being a monster and a destroyer so he kind of like has this crisis of of confidence and then comes back from that just um, angry, wins the TNT title, becomes overly confident, loses to Sammy Guevara. So puts Sammy over in the process. So that in itself is fantastic. And then comes back even angrier. Like it's just this mental, um, you know, angry warrior of god you know like legitimately thinks that he's coming to the arena every week to do god's bidding you know <laughs> and that is at once interesting uh, a little bit funny but mostly terrifying when someone looks the way miro does anyway uh four stars for this promo super click promo now they say that they won't get bar- embarrassed again like they did last week insisting that the uh, 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 it's interesting, sorry, that they're not with Kenny. And I feel like that rift is starting to open up a little bit. You know, Adam Cole's appeared. Kenny's not around with the elite as much anymore. Maybe Adam Cole behind the scenes in their real life, like their kayfabe real life. Adam's sort of saying, yeah, well, Kenny hasn't really done much for you guys. Where's Don Callis? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Christian Luchasaurus interrupts. Um, this sort of all flies out onto the stage. Jungle Boy appears, who had been beaten up pretty badly the week before, so that kind of continuity is 100% great there. Anyway, he joins them into the arena. They beat down the super click. Jungle Boy chokes out Cole, and Christian hits him with a concerto, which they weren't calling that initially, and now they are, so I don't know whether they ran it past legal, whether WWE can fucking, you know, trademark that name as well, but they didn't. Uh, and I feel like there's a bit of a foreshadowing of a heel turn here for Christian. He's been a bit more of a dick in his promos and stuff, and I think we could do with that. I think we could do with a few of these big signings who have come in starting to heal it up. Um, anyway, I, again, I've enjoyed Christian's run. I think that's been an interesting story as well. This promo is a bit sort of tired. Um, still, you know, fine, but to an excuse me two and a half stars uh samurai samurai del sol and aero star samurai del sol is callisto from wwe i'm really happy to see him in aw he's a great wrestler deserves a shot at um uh showing what he can do on a on a global stage this is versus ftr ftr going full 80s is the right move for them i think uh i think really lean into the throwback that is the FTR, you know, the Arn and Tully stuff. I think I think I think it's great. I love the trunks. I love their new ring gear. I love the the 
70s 80s t-shirts that they've got the the entrance music is spectacular i, I love all of it uh the usa and mexican knee pads are the awesome as uh, are awesome as well you know fits in with their we're the best luchadors in the world gimmick um now i'm gonna go off on a slight tangent here for a second and i'm not even angry about it anymore i'm just gonna keep bringing it up um jr is now officially the worst commentator in the world in a major promotion um you know, including the automatons at the Fed. Now, I would rather listen to Michael Cole commentate than JR at the moment. Um, he didn't even learn Del Sol and Star's names for this match. Um, and when Aerostar went for a senton that he hit, uh, by the way, uh, but almost didn't, uh, JR pointed it out. It's just, it's tired, it's lazy, he's going into business for himself, and, and it's interesting, this is something that he has been accused of at every company he's worked at, that's why Eric Bischoff got rid of him, because he had been told that he goes into business for himself, and then Eric worked with him and felt the same thing. Uh, look, to be fair, at WWF, WWE, the first time he got fired was disgusting, and he shouldn't have been fired. He was essentially fired because he had a bout of Sarah, uh, of Bell's palsy um, and didn't look as good on TV all of a sudden, so he was just fired, but then brought back a year later. Um, but it was WWE's reason for getting rid of him as well. And the second time around, he says so in his book. It's all in his book. So, like, he says it himself that this is why people told him he was fired, and he is doing, I'm witnessing it firsthand. <laughs> the difference between Rampage and Dynamite on commentary is, it, it is just time for, I think it would be money well spent for AW, for TK to just pay JR out whatever they've signed him for, and let Excalibur be the main man. Uh, but, I mean, that's a new low. Not even learning wrestlers' names for a match. And it also comes across as like, why the fuck should I learn Mexican wrestlers' names as a match? That may not be the case, but that's what it looks like. Uh, the Luchas in this match getting most of the offense. I don't know if Aerostar was up to TV wrestling. Um, you know, always good to give people an opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll say this as often as I can. Why is Warhorse... Um, or Dan Housen not wrestling on AEW when people like Aerostar are getting a shot. Um, anyway, uh, Samurai uh, Del, uh, Del Sol is great. I think a really good pickup for AEW. Whether he moves between AAA and AEW, who knows? Anyway, three stars for this match. FTR being built up. The Lucha Bros come down after this match and, and there's a bit of a rumble leading, so basically setting up their match at uh, Full Gear, which will be a title match for the AEW Tag Time, a Tag Time, <laughs> Tag Team Belts. Sheeta and Nyla Rose promo, not much here, 1.5 stars. Uh, look, I heard some people sticking up for Nyla Rose during the week on the mic. Nah. Uh, Inner Circle, an American Top Team promo. Uh, look, man, 
you know, I heard uh, Sidgwick talking about this on his uh, podcast during the week. The What Culture podcast is a very good one. You should go and listen to it. If you're into kind of this, uh, you know, sort of in-depth breakdown of a, of a wrestling show, um, Sidgwick does it very, very, very well. And someone that I sort of base what I'm doing on here, I, I base that on his work. Uh, he was talking about how this is a good um, entertainment promo and people seem to like it, but he hates it. And I think that's being kind. I I don't know if people are loving this. There might be a few people on Twitter who are letting him know that they love it, but I think the vast majority of people would be like, this fucking sucks. Um, and, you know, if you're not, let me know. But I, I just... You know, uh, this was Dan Lambert reeling off resumes. Then we had the Inner Circle doing their one-by-one boring promos and also being a bunch of misogynistics. Like, it was a bunch of misogynistic bullshit as well. Um, You know, take on all five of you. Ooh, the joke writes itself. Does it? What's the punchline? Uh, Zero stars. Jamie Hayter versus Anna Jay. Once again, Anna Jay looks super inexperienced uh, up against Jamie Hayter. Um, yeah, this was a bit of a lull in this episode, <laughs> just judging by my star ratings. Hayter gets the win here. I kind of hope this is the end of Anna Jay on TV until she gets a bit more experience. You know, I mean, you have a thousand developmental shows that are on before Dynamite and Rampage, which also need to be gotten, gotten rid of, the, the live experience. Um let her wrestle in there for another six months, 12 months until she's ready. You know, just because she's hot doesn't mean she needs to be on TV. It's the kind of thing that other wrestling organizations would do. And it gets in the way of you telling good stories with the women's division. Thunder Rosa comes out here at the end of this when you could quite easily pair up Tay Conti and Thunder Rosa. Um, if you need to do that, if you have to have continual run-ins in the women's division, which I don't think you need to do to tell a story, but... This was a little bit more nuanced than the usual run-in stuff, but anyway. Uh, I don't know. All of this was a bit of a match. It's all happening in two minutes. Feels rushed, not thought out. One point, uh, one and a half stars. Uh, Jay Cargill promo. These are always great. She says she's going to destroy whoever comes up uh, to her and that the TBS title will be that bitch's show. Um, should have been strapped. Three stars. MJF promo says he's brilliant and uh, Darby is a loser, which is why the people love him. Uh, calls him a glorified stuntman and that he's mentally weak and that he's broken him. Darby, who has a mic in the crowd for some reason, uh, says that... I mean, it kind of makes sense because he knows MJF's going to come out and say something to him. But still, it's a bit... You know. Anyway. Uh, he'll still... Um, he says he'll wrestle MJF at full gear because he's going to beat the crap out of him tonight. MJF runs off. Sting appears on the stage, uh, forces MJF back to the ring. Uh, MJF sort of jumps into the crowd. Darby Allen then sort of, you know, uh, r- uh, runs down the aisle towards MJF. Um, the uh, There's a Darby army that sort of come out. <laughs> <laughs> with Sting, who beat down Spears and Wardlow, which leaves MJF and Darby on their own. Darby hits a running clothesline that was just beautifully sold by MJF. Uh, Darby goes to the ropes to hit the coffin drop, and MJF runs off. There was even more to all of this than than that. But, um, 
this might be um, I, this might be oh god there are a lot of matches at full gear that i'm excited about but th- this match could be the best match on the night even just the way um i think what's interesting about this promo is that both of these guys are undersold as in-ring guys because darby allen is sold on being sting or not sting but being this sort of outsider punk you know the makeup lurking around in the dark and blah 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 and mjf is always talked about in relation to his promo work but they are both great professional wrestlers and i'm really looking forward to seeing them wrestle uh yeah four and a half stars for this one just just great everything about it uh andrade el idolo versus cody rhodes andrade wearing white cody wearing black i don't know if this is a coincidence cody says he doesn't turn but he doesn't he doesn't have to because he's already the heel and i feel like maybe this is this was where we you know very obviously if you listen to alistair black's promos this is where they wanted us to be with cody but i what confuses me is all the stuff that went beforehand you know the qt marshall all that shit was that part of it i i yeah I, but I, look I'm at a point now where I'm so confused about what's going on with Cody Rhodes and all of his shit that I'm interested in seeing what happens. <laughs> um, Andrade's doing the three, Amigo, uh, three Amigos and as a tribute to Eddie Guerrero is great. Uh, at the end of the match here, FTR take out Cody. Andrade gets the win, thank fuck, because I would have been very upset if Cody had, um, had gotten over Andrade. Uh there seems to be the beginnings of a faction here, maybe, with Andrade and FTR. I don't know. Um, they start beating down Cody. Arn and Tully shape up, which was kind of cool for a moment. The Lucha Bros hit the, uh, hit the ramp and clear the ring, um, which is when this happened and not earlier in the night. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But uh, anyway, so that sets up the match for full gear. This was all fine. I was kind of into it. Three stars. Uh, John Silver promo, great to see him cutting a promo, and he's so he's so entertaining. He says that he and Cole uh, are going to have a match on Rampage. Uh, four stars. Bunny and Red Velvet promo, video package, which AEW should do more of for the women's division, I think. Um, I'm more interested for their match on Rampage after seeing this. Three stars. Uh, and then Orange Cassidy versus Miro with Brian Danielson on commentary. Brian Danielson being a bit of a dick on comms about Eddie Kingston which is interesting. Like Danielson and Punk keep sort of inter-splicing into each other's promos. Uh, Orange Cassidy comes out with his ribs strapped to protect him a little, and Matt Hardy's in the audience for some reason. <laughs> Just please stop with Matt Hardy. Uh, Orange Cassidy puts Miro through a table uh, and runs into the ring. Miro gets back on the nine and a half count, and this is basically as close as Orange Cassidy gets to to any more offense. Miro gets a chokehold on Orange Cassidy, and, and Cassidy top, taps out. Brian Danielson comes down to the ring, puts his hand out. Miro refuses and backs out of the ring. Three and a half stars. This was just good quality pro wrestling. The story being told, the wrestling itself. All good stuff. Um, All right, let's just quickly jump into Rampage here. So we start with Brian Danielson versus Anthony Bowens. Bowens is in this match because on Twitter he said that TK was a terrible boss and there is 
so TK set up a match with him with Brian Danielson to get his ass kicked, basically. And I know that has been done. I know stuff like that gets done in WWE, but there is always a story. It's not done like in in the Fed in WWE. It'll be done sometimes and less and less. Like the more I, I check in with SmackDown and Raw, the amount of matches was like, why is this match happening? This is no backstory at all. At least with this match, where it was where it seemed like, why are these guys wrestling? Just a little bit of explanation from Excalibur as uh, in between, uh, you know, with Brian Danielson standing in the ring. Great, cool, I'm into it. You know, uh, Bowens was a smartass. Tony Khan wants to punish him, so now he's in a match with Brian Danielson. Great. Max uh, Max Caster is is the best on mic talent in the company behind Punk and Kingston. He's just could be anything. Uh, his quip about um, John Laronitis, Brian Danielson's uh, father-in-law, great. Um, like legitimately busted up. <laughs> Tass on commentary just uh, lost it. Completely forgot where he was. Um, Brian gets the win with the little bell lock. So the continuing story of the new man of a thousand holds continues. Uh, I really liked that Miro didn't come down at the end of this match, which I thought was what would happen. I mean, just sort of been conditioned to that in WWE. Three stars for this match. Uh, FTR and Andrade and MGF swap some money in regards to the Cody beatdown from Dynamite. Not really sure why this would be happening two days later. But anyway, still not bad. Uh, Dax the Axe will take on Pack on Wednesday. And so FTR are kind of cutting promos for Andrade now. Uh, I still don't think they're doing promos properly for Andrade. I think he should be cutting promos in Spanish. And they put, like they film it in Spanish and put subtitles on it. Easy. Uh, but this was fine. Two and a half stars. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston promo. Punk invites Eddie to the ring. Eddie's music hits. He doesn't come out. Uh, so Punk starts talking. And then Eddie comes out again, purposely interrupting him again, doubling down on what he did last week on Rampage. Um, and then it was on. It was on like Donkey Kong. And Eddie did most of the talking. Now, depending on who you like the most here, um would determine who you agree with. Eddie Kingston's telling a bit of a sob story about how, like, when he was in the Indies and Ring of Honor, uh, Punk and Homicide and uh, Brian Danielson looked down on him, what, because I was fat, because, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and basically says, you're a prick then, you're a prick now, and nobody in AEW wants you here, so do us a favor and leave. Uh, and retire for seven years like you did last time. And uh, CM Punk says, "Hey, man, look, I don't have any. I don't have a problem with you, but you interrupted me, and I expect an apology." And then Eddie, like Eddie Kingston's like, "Oh, you expect an apology? Oh, His Majesty expects an apology." CM Punk says, "Yeah, I did judge you back then because I could see how great you could be, but you never lived up to your own standards. You never will." Eddie Kingston basically comes back and says, "Yeah, well, look, whatever, man. No one, no one cares what you think. You're, you know, you're a toxic, two-faced piece of shit, essentially. 
uh, and challenges him to a fight. And the same punk goes, nah, man, you're not worth fighting at a pay-per-view. I'm not going to fight you at a pay-per-view. And then Eddie Kingston basically goads Punk in by using the audit of the crowd because Punk loves the crowd. So some actually smart in-ring work, kayfabe-wise, from Eddie Kingston. Um, Punk obviously agrees to the match because he wants to please the fans. And as Punk is leaving, uh, Eddie Kingston just goads him one more time and Punk finally loses it and he- legitimately headbutts Eddie Kingston. <laughs> and then it's on. Now... We have a, a bit of a... They start brawling. Refs come down. They can't tear them apart. Wrestlers come down. They can't tear them apart. Security comes down. They tear them apart. Now, uh, I would have given this promo five stars until just after the headbutt. Uh, I, I, the refs coming down and separating them was enough. You know, I would have liked to have seen Punk like calm down and be like... No, no, I'm cool. I'll go. I'll go. And then the, they have to hold Eddie back. Um, but I suppose they wanted to show that like these two really hate each other. This just felt like every Goldberg or Brock Lesnar ending to a promo ever. And it just is a bit predictable. And, um, you know, I still think AEW did it okay like it was fine but i i just there's a lot of tropes there's a lot of wwe tropes that i don't want to see in aw and i think it's it would be easy like it's easy for the creative there to be like oh why don't we just do this thing um people love it because you're elite that's why because you're all elite wrestling and you should think of something else be better um uh, like I say, I think you could have been fine with one of them. You know, even Eddie Kingston being like, nah, I'm cool, man. You know, uh, or Punk being like, yeah, fuck. I've, you know, I don't need to keep fighting you because I just fucking headbutted you to the ground. So see you later. Um, anyway, four and a half stars. This was a brilliant promo. It was the highlight of the show by a long way. But um, And I can't wait to see them at full gear. I just, you know... Tony, if you're listening, and I know you do, uh, I would hold off on the Brock Lesnar, Bill Goldberg, break em ups. Um, unless it was a dig at WWE. But again, why are you doing that? You know, concentrate on your own game, not not anyone else's. Christian Jurassic uh, Express promo. They challenged the Super Click to a match of full gear. This is fine. Two stars. Uh, Jungle Boy doing all the talking really, and not Christian, uh, which is why the promo was fine. Uh, Bunny versus Red Velvet in the TBS belt tournament match. Red Velvet gets a weak win here and sets up a match against Jay Cargill. Two stars. Um, Adam Cole and John Silver promo. Both men do some great work here. John Silver's being funny. Adam Cole's being angry. Um, Four stars. Uh, And then we get John Silver versus Adam Cole. Silver doing uh, Budge Baby at the, at the start of this match was hilarious. Uh, Cole selling the concerto um, to help with the continuity from Wednesday helped. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about like, well, you know, if Adam Cole's taking a concerto on Wednesday and then wrestling on the Friday, that doesn't look good for the concerto. And if he beats John Silver, it doesn't look good for John Silver. Um, I like Matt Jackson's heel coffee gimmick, always drinking like a takeaway coffee. Um, 
I don't find it a heel action though because I absolutely would definitely drink a coffee at ringside if I was just there supporting a mate. <laughs> um, there was a great move here uh, between these two when Silver blocked a cold leapfrog and turned it into a powerbomb. <coughs> um, the Bucks try and distract for Cole to win here. Dark Order jumped down uh, the ramp to help out. Cole attempts to low blow Silver, but Silver blocks it. Uh, Cole ends up getting the win clean, uh, which is a pretty big win. But like I say, I think it diminishes the concerto a bit and, and then John Silver in reality because, I mean, I suppose that adds up that Adam Cole can beat John Silver even though he's been concerto two nights beforehand. But you'd want to give it a, a week maybe just to kind of try and sell the concerto a bit more. Um, it definitely puts Adam Cole over, but it just feels a bit, no Sally, and uh, that's not something AEW does, um, which is why we all love the company so much. So, yeah, just a few wonky booking decisions on both shows as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but overall, this match was very entertaining, three and a half stars. So, um, yes, a couple of good episodes. I'm really looking forward to the go-home shows this week. They're always really good on AEW. Um so, yeah, we'll have the Rampage, uh, sorry, we'll have the Dynamite show on Wednesday, Rampage show on Friday, uh, and then a, um, I'm actually going to a, a full gear watching party on Sunday. So I'll try and um, I'll try and record an episode Sunday and Monday, and we'll do a full rundown of the pay-per-view. I had exams for my teaching course last week, so uh, again, apologies for being a bit uh, all over the place with my schedule. I'm going to try and get back on track in the next week or two. So thanks for sticking with me and supporting me. Um, if you want to keep supporting me, you can go to the Apple Podcast page and give us a five-star review. Um, follow us on social media. We're WrestleWolfPod. Um, we charted in the UK for the first time this week, so thank you so much for doing that. In a week where I didn't put regular episodes up to chart in probably the second biggest wrestling market in the world is really important uh, to me. Like it meant a lot. So I really appreciate that. Uh, maybe Japan might get upset about that comment. But anyway, the UK, thank you, UK listeners. I really appreciate it. Um, anyway, until next time, brother friends, may your wrestling be good wrestling. Good night. <laughs>